back in the game. Back in business. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, and this guy's my friend. My name is Aaron. A. A. Ron. A. A. Ron. Out. I had to figure out on our little voice or uh, video chat here. I was like, "Where's the camera?" I was trying to point at you. Oh, you're trying to swipe swipe right on me, or what? I was trying to swipe right on you. I don't know which way you swipe, right or left. How do I get a better looking host? Do I just keep swiping? (laughs) (laughs) What happens if I swipe? Eventually, someone shows up. Right? We got a new (laughs) someone new shows up. Oh, just knocking microphones. It's all good. Uh, this episode going to be a little different than uh, previous episodes, I guess you could say, because we're not focusing on one band or you know two bands or what have you. Um, we're going to do this is kind of maybe maybe a bonus episode. This is the oh my road trip. It got delayed by a couple of days, but it wasn't enough time for us to figure out and really prep something. So we're like we're going to talk about concerts and just uh, you know different shows and stuff we've been to. And specifically because I was thinking about this earlier in how probably the number one thing, you know, through all of the COVID-19 stuff that I've been missing is going to shows. Like I had a handful of shows that I was, that I had tickets for that, uh, you know, got postponed or even canceled or what have you. So, um, you know, I feel this is a great time to, to, to look back and just relish in those memories are our favorites. Um, it's funny because how we're set up right now, I feel like you're staring down at me because I, I f- maybe I set the camera up higher than normal. So yeah, you're like, <laughs> I got to look up at you and you're kind of, <laughs> that's better. <laughs> For the, I only wish our uh, listeners were viewers and they could have seen what happened there, but um, it was special. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any, did you have any uh, shows that you had tickets to that got canceled or postponed so far? I didn't have any for tickets. Um, I didn't have any tickets for shows. Lots, lots of times I just kind of, well, the two shows that were coming up were in Regina were kind of smaller ones. So I would have just got tickets kind of a few weeks before. So Strung Out was coming through. And then uh, at the beginning of May, Misery Signals was supposed to be here. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of had a, a mental list of, of bands I was really hoping to see this year. Yeah. You know, some bands, my favorite bands had put out albums last year, this year, and I was just really hoping they would come somewhere close around here, but yeah, I guess I'll have to wait another year. Yeah. I've, I've mentioned it, I think, in previous episodes. I had uh, a few shows that I was looking forward to because we had the face-to-face Big Choice tour yeah. that they were doing. I thought that was going to be fun. Uh, Dashboard Confessional doing his like 20th anniversary tour or what have you, the acoustic stuff. Uh, and then there was... Um, Oh, Jimmy Eat World with their touring oh, for their yeah, latest album, which right. that one that one right now has been rescheduled for November. I don't know that it'll happen, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the big one was Rage Against the Machine, which right now has been rescheduled for next summer. So um, hopefully that still ends up being a go, but I guess we'll have to see. I don't know when we're going to be able to have, you know, 16, 17,000 people in one building again. Who yeah. knows? But so and like. That's one of the, I think what will be interesting to see is like, what does that look like when it comes time for these shows to start happening again? And these rescheduled shows, if they're like, okay, well, technically these can happen, but there's new restrictions in place. So like, how do they, you know, I guess they just have to like refund everybody's tickets and then put the new tickets on sale and be like, okay, here's the deal now. Right. Like who knows? Maybe by then there'll be a vaccine and everything will just be back to normal. We'll see. I'm just glad I'm not one of the people that has to figure that out because it seems like a total <laughs> gong show. You know, thinking of things like Furnace Fest that was going to happen yeah. this fall. And with know, some pretty like, sick like reunions going on. Well, yeah, it was like a dream lineup. And yeah. 
I just can't, you know, for how much dreaming and work it took for them to put that together. Yeah. Like, it just must be so soul-crushing. Like, you know, it, it can still happen, but, you know, maybe yeah. some of the bands aren't available or now you're, like, sitting around for a whole year. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, what do you do that you haven't already done to prep for it? And just such yeah. a weird thing. Yeah. No, I'm just waiting for the day when it's like, yes, live music can happen again with social distancing in place. I'm like, man, that'll be some of the greatest, like hardcore dancing. You might be fine for some of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like when the pit opens up and guys are doing their spin kicks and stuff, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah keep space. six foot, yeah, six feet different uh, distance. You just can't be, you know, shoving into each other and whatever. But uh, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be weird. Um, so I, I'm assuming most of those things won't start happening until it's, you know, uh, They've, there's a vaccine or whatever so that people can just kind of get back to back to normal as it were but hey we're not here to talk about what concerts are going to look like in the future we're going to talk about concerts from the past but before yeah. we get into that let's talk about uh, some new music so uh what's something you've been playing that you want to you want to say hey you should listen to this too yeah there's a band called the ghost inside i'm sure most people are somewhat familiar with them in the punk hardcore metal world uh, they're a band. They've been around for well, probably at least ten years. Well, more than ten years. Um, but they, if you don't know the story, they were in a tragic bu- bus accident, and and so their last album came out in 2015, and so they finally released a new album after all the stuff they've gone through, and uh, yeah, it's just really cool to have them back. I mean, I've listened to some podcasts with them and stuff, and it's just cool hearing stories of a band, you know, who never thought they'd be able to release music again and you know just the years of of a journey it's been through all sorts of crazy stuff and so yeah it it just adds a whole new depth of kind of excitement and anticipation and you know kind of want to dive more into a record when you kind of know the the place it's coming from so yeah and the song i mean the whole album is awesome but there's a song called phoenix rising or phoenix rise or rise of the phoenix I can't remember now. Now that I'm, uh, like, so one of those, I want to screw it up. But I remember on, the, on a pod, I was listening to them on uh, the, um, the Jake Denning podcast, yeah, yeah. and uh, they're just saying, you know, like I don't, I don't know much about the Phoenix bird, but something like it, like rises from the ashes, or yeah, it births its babies in the middle of a fire or something. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> but just that image of just like kind of coming from chaos and nothing and something right. beautiful comes so yeah, yeah. Gonna, gonna go with that that's kind of cool i also appreciate uh you know not knowing the title of the song to make editing the podcast that much easier and cleaner <laughs> instead of it being like yeah this is this song boom now it now it's it's gonna sound all yeah, funny sorry <laughs> it's fine that's aaron for the win uh the one i wanted to bring up is actually a band and a song that i've kind of wanted to bring up the last few times we've done this but then I always push it aside for something that's a little bit like that came out more recently. So uh, this one came out, I want to say, so I, I might be going outside of our, you know, our, our little bounds we put in place, but I've been talking about it for a bit. So I want to say it came out maybe, is it April? I'm trying to, I'm trying to like check here real quick. Um, what are the, I also forgot the name of the band for a second. There, so that's, <laughs> <laughs> we're, so that's we're both good. just right on our game tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, is this going to tell me when it came out? Come on, tell me now. Yeah, this came out April 24th, so it's been out for almost two months at this point. Um, well, I guess a month and a half or whatever. But it's the band Goaltender, and specifically the song On Your Own. Uh, so yeah, it's a four-song EP, I believe, that they released. Um, yeah, four songs, which it'll be... 
they're an interesting band because I don't know if you're familiar with the band Goalkeeper. They're kind of like this pop punk band that's from, I want to say, like Philly slash New Jersey or whatever. That kind of, you know, this this DIY underground pop punk band that has just kind of popped up here and there. I've seen them on different podcasts and whatever. And then so when I saw someone talking about Goaltender, I was confused. And I was like, oh, these are two different bands. Uh, Goaltender being from St. Louis. So I checked them out and initially kind of like the first dp or whatever that they had out i was like oh it's all right i'm not huge on the vocals it feels like they could have something here but i feel with this ep that they released this year um yeah it's it's i've listened to it i don't know how many times i mean it's four songs right so yeah i don't know how many times i've listened through it though i made like a playlist of just like eps that have been released this year because there have been some good ones and it's right near the top so it just kind of keeps getting uh, repeated or whatever but it's it's really good um kind of reminds me a little bit of you know in some parts like this song specifically on your own reminds me of kind of like knuckle puck sort of pop punk yeah um i feel like they've got a little more dynamic maybe than knuckle puck it's pretty good so um yeah so goaltender is who i kind of I've, I've been meaning to mention him for a while so finally finally i've done it <laughs> yeah i remember when you told me to check them out and i remember liking it and i, yeah. I didn't realize there was two Two bands with the title of a sports player, yeah, and Goal, the same the same position. Yeah, what <laughs> one is hockey and one is soccer, basically. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, well, I guess but, it goes to show how much I know about sports. Yeah, but. which which goaltender they lean into that because um, I believe their yeah they had their EP which is called Believe Goodbye that came out last year that actually has like an old school like goaltender goalie mask on it or whatever, but. Um, yeah, no, they're they're definitely worth checking out. I really dig that EP. But let's get into uh, what we're here to talk about. We're going to talk about some concerts that we've been to. And so we've got a couple different, I guess, topics slash parameters or whatever you want to call them for, you know, what we're going to bring up. Um, and I had to like, I had to, and, and hopefully, I don't know if you followed this rule or not, but I had to kind of put a little like stipulation or whatever in there for you being shows that you weren't playing at unless it was like something that just like you have to talk about it. that was mind-blowing but yeah. some of these things obviously in a touring band some of these things you're gonna be like well i did this there's like yeah i, I mean yeah. You're- I'll, I'll stay out of those <laughs> there's plenty of good shows more good shows that i've been to than i've played so no no go. shortage of that so i did have uh, yeah go no no go i was ahead. just gonna I, I thought of one uh just as i was looking through the list that you didn't have and i just wanted to mention it what what are some shows that you went to or bands that you saw where you saw them kind of before they blew up or exploded. Hmm. Saw them before they blew up or so exploded. So a few few examples for me is I saw yeah. Anne Berlin in Regina here. Yeah. It was shortly after Blueprints came out. So it was their, their okay, first yeah. album on Tooth and Nail. You know, there was maybe like, I don't know, 75 people at the show. Yeah, and uh, it was it was really cool. After the show, they went out back and kind of played acoustic songs. You know, fifty people were there singing, and so it was pretty special in that regards. Um, but then the next time they came through was a few albums later, and the show was huge. And so that was, it's just cool, kind of yeah. thinking back I mean, on, on seeing those kind of shows. Yeah, I guess the closest that comes to mind for me, I'm I'm trying to think if there's any other examples, but um, would probably be City in Color. Uh, I saw Dallas Green play a 200-seat theater um, when it was... What was the second? I can't remember the name of the second album right now. Uh, um, but it was Hell or something? Uh, no, something it was... Know, that later? That was later. I think that was the next one. Hold on. Now, now I, people are listening. They're like, oh, it's this. It's yeah. this. And, and well, I'm, I'm about to look it up and painfully take time. Um, but anyway, so it was on that. He was 
I, I want to say he was just touring that. Like it had just come out. Uh, Bring me your love is the name. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was, I guess, his. Yeah, his second album. There, I guess he had a live album in there, according to Apple Music, in between. Whatever. Anyway, uh, so I went and saw him at this two hundred seat theater or whatever. And, you know, like the next time I heard about him coming through, uh, he's, you know, like he's played Roger's place here. Right. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so like he's gone quite a bit bigger. Um, but at the same point, I feel like that was the album that really kind of pushed him forward a little bit. Like he had some singles like that. That album has this, uh, the song Sleeping Sickness with Gord Downey and stuff like that. Oh, like yeah. He's cool. Kind of taking that taking that step. But, yeah, I think that would probably be. um the closest I could come with saying like hearing a band before they or seeing a band before they blew up. I'm trying to think if there are any other examples of that. Yeah. Well, I guess I brought up rise against too. Um, you know, like seeing them at warp tour playing a side stage oh, yeah. in, in front of 150 people or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, eventually obviously they would go on to become, and that would be even earlier than because rise against, I don't think really had any radio success. What was it till their third album? Right. So, um, so when I would have seen yeah. them, it was before revolutions per minute. So, uh, both times I saw them. So yeah, we'll say that rise against and city and color. Yeah. I'll cool. also mention because you said city and color. The other one I had was, um, seeing Alexis on fire in, in Regina right. here. And it was like right after they had released that first album. So that, that I believe that one song that they had a video for was on much music. Like pulmonary but it was, archery. Yeah. But it was yeah. still uh, like... 250 maybe 300 cap room and yeah. what's also cool is billy talent opened oh and right this on. was like before like i don't i don't even know if they even had their first album out yet that i can remember yeah. so that was pretty cool seeing both those bands like it, it was a packed show um but just yeah they both those bands obviously wouldn't wouldn't play if any that small anymore so it was cool to catch some of those before they exploded yeah, it's funny with Alexis on Fire because I saw them, quote unquote, so many times before I actually saw them. I had this whole thing where I'd, I'd go to shows that they were playing and for whatever reason, I'd just never watch them, even though I liked them. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're fine. And I just never watched them. It was this strange thing. Eventually, I I you know sucked it up for whatever reason and watched them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I actually enjoy this. So. I don't know what took me so long. That was a good one, though, because I was trying to think of some like different... I was like, oh, what are some other things we could bring up um, as far as talking about things? Another one that I was going to bring up that isn't on the list, and maybe you got one for this before we get into our official kind of topics of conversation, was uh, going to a show and being blown away by an opener. Do you have an opener that kind of like... Not necessarily stole Ooh. the show for you, but you came home going, yeah, that was actually quite good. Oh man, that's I feel like I gotta rack my brain for that. Because um, the f- the first one, while you think about it, the first one that always comes to mind for me is, and we've talked about this, I believe, in the past too, is No Motive when they were touring with MXPX. Oh, that's funny um, that just popped into my mind. Yeah, right now. <laughs> that was a, that was a big one for me. Um, not quite to the same extent, but uh, I really, when I saw Tiny Tiny Moving Parts open for the Wonder Years, that was fantastic. I mean, the Wonder Years ended up being unbelievable anyway so they didn't steal the show necessarily either but just really liking them but um yeah there's there's been a there's been a few uh for sure over the years youth fountain this past year when they opened for seaway so good yeah yeah did you come uh, up with one did i buy enough I time feel like there's so well <laughs> i i know there's Monine. i mean you love Monine. no 
This, <laughs> uh, well, another. I'll, I'll give you another band from out east. So this might be like way off, way off base, but technically they were an opener for the show or whatever. Anyways, last year I saw Sum Forty One for the first time. Right. So they weren't the headline band. I, I obviously hadn't discovered them then. Yeah. But to me, they they stole the show and was that with the Offspring? Yeah, yeah, that's an so easy maybe show it was <laughs> maybe it was even a, a co-headline, but whatever they were the right. actually they weren't so the opener on that band was a band called I think Dinosaur Dinosaur think? Dinosaur Junior Di- no, Dinosaur, Dinosaur Junior yeah yeah Dinosaur Junior is a s- pretty sick influential band okay no maybe it wasn't that um, maybe they were just called Dinosaur anyways it was a three piece band and yeah. uh, they did really they, did re- the, did the lead, sorry, not to interrupt you, but did the lead singer have like really long, like gray hair and a beard? Uh, they had long hair. I was I was pretty far back, so I didn't yeah. see. But they they basically looked like a version of Nirvana, like yeah, simple drum set, really big drums, three piece. But it was kind of a heavier version of that, and I actually really really enjoyed them a lot more than I thought of, or I thought yeah. I thought I would. If I, it's yeah, they, they were called Dinosaur, I think Dinosaur Junior is like an old school band. It is, but hold on. I'm just going to see what this says because um, I just Googled that to see if it actually – Oh, Dinosaur Pileup. Oh, yes, right. Dinosaur Pileup. I was like – because the way you were describing, though, Dinosaur Jr., I'm like, yeah, or like when you're describing the band, I was like, yeah, this actually describes Dinosaur Jr., but also it would be a very weird thing for them to tour, I feel, with some 41 in the office. Yeah, but, yeah, no, um, it wasn't. I knew it was something dinosaur. Yeah, Dinosaur Pileup. There you go. That's kind of cool. Um but yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't imagine it's very hard to uh, steal the show when the Offspring are the headliners. I, I haven't seen them <laughs> live myself, but why, like just seeing live performances, you know, on YouTube and back in the day on Much Music and stuff like that. I was never impressed with their live performance. I was. We've talked about them too. Like there are some songs that are really good, and then just stuff that's like okay. But <laughs> yeah, and they've always been the kind of band, at least from what I've seen over the years, you know, they move around a bit, but they're yeah. not, you know, jumping all over the place yeah. and like some of their other peers are. So, but yeah, that, totally. that's that's a good question. It's hard to think of those. I feel like on so many shows, I already already know the opening bands or yeah. I just already know I don't like them or right. I can't really yeah. think of one where it's like, oh, man, this band was, was way better than I expected. And, yeah, and that's like... um like tiny moving parts, for instance. I, I was just getting into them, but I was familiar with who they were. In fact, I may have started listening to them though because of the show and like like getting ready for it or whatever. And that's the thing these days is that, I, I mean, you see a, a you know a bill get announced and you're like, oh, you can like that go and check out every band on that bill, right? So that's where like say when I bring up the No Motive story, like going and right. seeing MXPX, having no idea who No Motive was and going oh, and coming home with a No Motive album, right? Like, yeah. I didn't come home with any MXPX merch, and that's nothing against MXPX. I, You know, they're up there. They are, you know, as far as, like, bands are concerned, they're up in the top three for me of most influential bands in my life, right? Yeah. But I came home from that show with No Motive merch. <laughs> yeah, and even just think, like, I feel like when I started going to more shows... It was later on, and yeah, either I knew right. the bands or yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's a hard question. I I would really have to rack my brain or like look through my CDs or something and yeah. see what I got. At I mean, I, I'm sure there has been lots, but I can't yeah. think of anything on top of my head. All right, so um, 
Hmm. Yeah. Let's move on then to the our first one that I mentioned, one of the three that I mentioned to you. Let's talk about the furthest you've ever traveled for a show that you weren't playing at. That's That was the one where mainly I was like, well, the next two, I guess, but where I was like, okay, I mean, you've got some stories, obviously, touring, but let's talk about specifically you traveling to go see a show. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know if a festival counts, but... Well, allow it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so the year I graduated high school, I went to Cornerstone Music Festival, which is yeah. a big festival outside of Chicago. So, I mean, that's, I don't know, two days drive or... However long that good. is, and uh, yeah, I mean that was a festival I'd I'd heard about for so many years and seen so many bands say they're playing there, like music videos or live videos on Tooth and Nail, uh, like VHS comps or whatever, mm-hmm. and it was just insane. Like probably a lot of my favorite concerts I've been to happened there. Yeah, you know, I pretty much got to see all my favorite bands at the time there, and. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible. That's all. So like that specific year you went, do you remember any specific shows or bands that you saw? Um, well, that was the year that Goaty Hook played their, their final show, which right. is yeah, yeah. their other live album. So that was really cool. Um, one of the standouts that I was going to mention was, uh, seeing Stretch Armstrong. Oh, nice. So they were like kind of one of my introduction bands into kind of more hardcore stuff. Yeah. Um, I remember getting it from buying it off of a friend who bought it, thinking it was going to be a punk band, and it was too heavy for him, and so he sold it <laughs> to me. And, I mean, that album is still incredible. So that was really cool. That was probably, like, I guess what you could say my first hardcore show. I mean, I saw a lot of heavy bands that week, yeah. but that was, like, you know, like a real legit hardcore show. So that was really awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw... Like on the main stage, um, you know, Reliant K, MXPX, Five Iron Frenzy, yeah. Blindside, POD. Um, I mean, all the tooth and nail bands. So that was the year that Me Without You um, had just put out their first album. Right. And uh, and I wasn't like super into it, but I bought the CD. They played. They played like four or five sets. I went and saw them every time because they were just so <laughs> good live. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I really haven't listened oh, to them since, yeah. but they were an awesome live band. That very well could be. I mean, again, speaking of an opener stealing the show, um, I was one hundred and ten percent aware of who Me Without You was when I saw them because I went specifically to the show to see them. But I, they toured with Brand New, right? And uh, so they opened for Brand New, and their set was the closest thing to like perfection. I think that I've ever seen, like even just like the mix was so nice. And then brand new came on and brand new was good, but it was like, they, they took the fade, like, you know, the sound and just cranked everything, maxed out all the faders. All of a sudden it was so loud and I'm like, ugh, this is gross. But me without you was so good. Um, but that was even just a couple of years ago. Right. Like, so they're well into their career and yeah, and crafting their songs. I think that was pale horse was the album that was just out when they, when they toured with brand new, but, um, yeah, that's. I mean, that's a pretty good trek, two day drive or whatever the case may be to go to a, a festival. Yeah. Otherwise, it would be you know just coming to Calgary, um, right? You know, which is eight hours from here. Yeah. I've never driven down to the states for a show. I've had lots of friends that have done it, and I've yeah. just never well, done it. Not for one a one off show, you mean? Because you, you right. drove down for for Cornerstone, but right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like just you know to drive down. You know, I've had yeah. friends you know. Driven down to see Under Oath when they were on their, um, right. their you know comeback tour or whatever, yeah. and you know lots of those kind of things. But yeah. I don't know. It's just it's a lot harder now. Just 
with life to you know just leave for three days and drive for 20 hours straight watch a show (laughs) drive 20 hours back like so i I don't even know if any bands would be worth that for me to do that like i have that specific story um but then i also realized i guess the furthest i've traveled is technically from edmonton to san diego uh, and we went and saw, I mean, I did it twice. One time specifically we had tickets beforehand was to go see the Ataris and they played so long a story, uh, uh oh, in its awesome. entirety. Yeah, it was pretty great. The show itself was kind of lackluster, like hmm. author- authority zero opened up, which they were yeah. fine. Uh, but like the crowd, it wasn't very, like it wasn't, it was at house of blues in San Diego. It wasn't very packed. Um, the set was great cause I, I really liked that album and I had never seen the Ataris before that. So that was cool. Um, but, and then I also saw a band called nothing more, um, in San Diego. That one happened to me. I knew who they were. I was in San Diego and we were looking to figure out, Oh, what do we do tomorrow night? And we saw, you know, a poster for this show. It was like, Oh, this will, and that show ended up like blowing my mind. It was so good. I don't listen to them very often, but as a live band, they were insane. Uh, but specifically I was talking about like the, the story that comes to mind for like that drive and turn around, see a show and turn around, drive back. We drove to Seattle from Edmonton, which is about, I want to say, 15 hours. Um, so it was four of us piled in my buddy's car, and basically we took um, we took turns driving. It was like everyone had to drive for four hours, and then basically everyone had to also, you know, if you're up in the passenger seat, you had to stay awake. So the two in the front yeah. were awake, two in the back could sleep or whatever. So we did this 15-hour drive, got to Seattle at about lunchtime, did lunch, did the... Uh, um, like the experience music project museum. Uh, and we did like Pike place and whatever, and hung around for a few hours, downtown Seattle, went and saw MXPX, uh, and five iron frenzy open for MXPX. And so that was kind of the main reason we went to that show was because none of us had seen five iron frenzy before. And it was like, just like kind of when they were coming back together mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, so they're awesome live band. Yeah. So they did this show in Seattle and I think it was, I think that one was the split where they did the one in Seattle and the night before they did one in Colorado in Denver, like where five Iron oh, friends yeah, is yeah. from. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so we went to the show, got some food and then my buddy through his work was able to get like points for the hotel. So we went and slept for like four hours in this hotel and then got up, got coffee and drove home. Wow. <laughs> it was, it was a whirlwind trip and the show was good. Like I, I came home with, a bunch of different MXPX vinyl because they had a bunch of like seven inches and whatever they were selling. And it was all like five bucks or whatever, right? I'm like, this is sweet. Um, and yeah, and then came home and uh, almost, you know, almost ditched it in a snowstorm coming through the mountains wow. or whatever. Yeah, like the weather got super sketchy on the way back. Like it took way more than 15 hours to drive back because we left at seven in the morning Pacific time. So which would have been eight our time and we got home and it was like three thirty in the morning. Um, oh, and so it was almost, yeah, it was like 19 plus hours on the road. It was, it was intense. <laughs> it makes me tired just thinking about that. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't no. pull off those kind of trips anymore. Yeah. I don't know that we would do that anymore. Um, like a show like that, like that long of a drive. Like I would just plan a whole thing around it. Like I went to Vancouver this past uh, November slash December, beginning of December and went and saw a turnover, but it was like, we were there for, you know, a couple nights. It wasn't yeah. just like the drive yeah, and turn around. Right. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, um, how about you got any, you know, interesting stories of meeting, uh, band members 
Yeah. That were, that were kind of fun. So I'll, I'll briefly touch again on Cornerstone because what's cool about that festival is it's a week long and pretty much all the bands that are playing are there that whole week because lots of times, you know, they're playing different sets or different stages or whatever. Right. And so, I mean, I've got, I still have a photo album with pictures with so many bands, you know, either just beside the stage after the show or, you know, in my mind, these bands were all massive bands, but for a lot of them, this festival was, you know, their biggest show of the year or whatever. And right. so, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, you'd be walking around or at the merch tent and um, be like, oh, yeah, you know, there's the guys from, you know, Goaty Hook or Sidewalk Slam or Figure yeah. Four, you know, I've got pictures, I've got pictures with the guys from Squad 5 and um, yeah, so that was just, I mean, that blew my mind as a, you know, 18 year old, you know, still felt like a kid just walking around and be like, man, like I see these, I only see these guys, you know, in magazines or in their CDs and, you know, to them, like this festival is just as cool for them to walk around and watch yeah. bands as it is to play. And so that, I mean, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Um, another more specific one is, which kind of lines up with, um, talking about bands that we saw before they got big was, yeah. um, as I lay dying came and played in Regina. Um, this would have been in maybe 2003 or four after their first album came out. So they were still fairly, fairly small band. Um, it came with, uh, all that remains and Throwdown, And so after, so I had gotten a tattoo with some lyrics from their song on me. And after the show, the singer Tim was just hanging out on stage, and I went and just kind of started talking with him, and he was just a super nice guy. He gave me his email address, which is funny to think now that <laughs> a band would never do that. But And so yeah. we stayed in touch for you know a number of years, and he got me and a friend on the guest list to go see them play at Taste of Chaos. Um, so that was with Atreyu, Thrice, Thursday, Story of the Year, Deftones, um, and so we got to watch the, all these bands from side stage, yeah. and then me and my buddy Matt that went, um, so Matt who's Northcote, yeah. So they invite us to come to the dressing room, which we were kind of like, oh, like we were so nervous, and <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the dressing room, and like Thursday a tree, or just like hanging out in there, like taking showers or whatever, and me and my buddy Matt are just kind of standing there and <laughs> just so out of our element and kind of like, what is happening right now? Like, yeah. <laughs> how, did, how did we get here? But yeah, it was uh, just really did, cool, you know. I was going to ask yeah. if Tim wrote you from prison. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so that's a yes then. Just, um. <laughs> no. But what was, and then to add on to that years later, um, means got to got to play with them a few times at some oh, festivals cool. and so it was even cooler just to be like hey like remember me from regina and he remembered he's like, and he's like what no <laughs> <laughs> uh, regina i've never been the place that sounds like that <laughs> yeah so anyways yeah that kind of awesome. came full circle but yeah that yeah. was a, a neat memory <laughs> um yeah yeah bringing up cornerstone just reminded me you know of like the warp tour days and yeah uh, meeting some bands you know, kind of through that. I never really had any super memorable um, interactions with bands at Warp Tour outside of uh, one when uh, I was walking. It was like I guess like through like Merch Alley or whatever. And Pierre from Simple Plan was walking towards me, and so this is when like Simple Plan, their first album, would have been out, right? And um, I was like, "Oh, Pierre, 
He's like, yeah. And I was like, I, I caught some of your set. I think they're even playing a side stage. It's possible. Like they were, you know. Yeah, um, well, definitely could have been. So, I mean, that's that's another one, I guess, that I would have seen. But but anyways, I was like, um, hey, I just had a question for you. He's like, what's that? I was like, whatever happened to your old band Reset? I actually yeah, liked those guys. That's what we're talking and he's, about. And he's oh, just you like, said um, that to him? Yeah. And he's <laughs> just like, um, well, you know, it just didn't work out. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that's fine. Um also at Warp Tour, I used to have this picture. I don't know if I could find it now. Uh, it was just when you were talking about getting pictures with bands side stage. Uh, Hope's Fall played this one year, and they were like they were probably top of the list of bands that I was going to see that year. I was so like, good, oh, love Hope's Fall, and so uh, they happened to be again. I don't think I think they were just standing around, kind of in the merch area. They weren't at their tent. And I was like, oh, can I get a picture with you guys? And they're like, sure. And so we take this picture. They all pose around me. One of them is literally like on his knees in front of me, like pretending to kind of like, you know, fillet <laughs> me or whatever. Like what? But meanwhile, in the background of this picture, there's this guy who's not in the band. He's just a guy standing back there. And he's just hawking a huge loogie, right? But when he's doing it in the picture, it's he literally got caught like photobomb my picture with like a gob of spit oh, from his mouth like halfway to the ground, and I'm just like when I got the because this was like before digital cameras, so I just had a disposable camera, right? And so I go and get it developed, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Absolutely amazing though, it was so good. Um, but probably like meeting bands. The one that I've kind of always thought was the most entertaining was the first time I saw Jimmy Eat World. It would have been 2002, so they were touring Bleed American. And after the show, they were hanging out. This was in Calgary. They were hanging out, you know, kind of out by the buses or whatever. And we were just, me and my buddy were just walking along. And we saw the buses. We're like, oh, there's a group of people over there. Let's go over and see what's going on. And so we walk over, and there's Jim Adkins. He's signing... Uh, he's, you know, he's signing autographs or whatever. And so I'm like, well, whatever, I've got a ticket stub. I think at this time I had like, um, in my room, I had basically like a cork board that was just full of ticket stubs and pictures and whatever of bands. Right. So I was like, oh, this would be great. I'll get him to sign my ticket stub. And then as I'm standing there with my buddy next to Jim, I was just like jokingly saying, oh, I should get him to sign my nipple is what I say. Right. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like a 17 year old kid. That's a given. Yeah, and then he just like mockingly goes, I should get him to sign my nipple. And I'm like, well, if you're going to be smart about it, you should do it. And then so I like lift my shirt up and he signs my chest and then like circles my nipple. And he's like, I got to say, this is my first flesh signing. And I was like, well, you're welcome. Nice. (laughs) I I didn't, to to answer all the questions that I'm sure are just like going through people's minds, I didn't get it tattooed. No. (laughs) My mom was. circle around the nipple. It's like. And then like Jim Adkins, like signature right beside it. Uh, I'm sure my mom was proud because I definitely showed her the next morning. Like, mom, check this out. <laughs> he also yeah. signed my ticket stub. So, well, you you mentioned Warp Tour. That was another. I only ever went to the Warp Tour once when it was yeah. in Calgary. It was in 2006. Um, so yeah, I got to see Rise Against then. But the, I mean, by then they were much bigger. They were on main stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw No Effects that year. Every time I die, and, and also Under Oath was on the main stage. What was interesting mm. about that is so that was on Define the Great Line. But the week following is when they announced that, you know, they were leaving the tour. You know, Spencer was dealing right. with yeah. drug problems or whatever. And yeah. so I just remember thinking, like, what? Like, what just – I just saw them. Everything seemed fine. Obviously, yeah. you can't tell much on stage. But, yeah, um, yeah it was, was kind of cool to get to see that because it was – I feel like it was fairly um, soon on the tour. Like, they'd only been on it maybe a few weeks out of the summer. 
and then to get to see yeah. them and then just thinking of everybody else that you know because they were huge then everybody else that would have bought tickets to see them and, and missed out on them that summer so yeah I, I i did see under oath at warp tour one year i'm trying to think which album would have been out if they're only chasing safety was out it must have been i think it had just come out um and they played a side stage i think that same year may played but it was before the everglow came out so they were just playing stuff off um destination beautiful or whatever uh and i wasn't like i knew some of the songs i wasn't super into them yet because uh the everglow was the album by may that i was like oh i really dig this but um yeah it's interesting to think of like some of the bands seeing at warp tour and also being like couple years later they're just everywhere right yeah Um, i think that happened with lots of bands on that oh for sure yeah so i guess let's let's wrap up with um the best show that you would say all around whether it was just like a best single band performance or maybe you've got a best single band performance as well as like just best lineup oh well (laughs) and it sounds like such a cop-out to say cornerstone again but (laughs) i mean lineup lineup wise by far because yeah yeah there's so many um, let's try and do one that's not a festival (laughs) oh man that's there's there's been so many good ones over the years so i'll I'll, i because i think my favorite maybe overall concert was probably um Oh man, yeah, there's a few here now that now that I get thinking. But as far as like single band performance that I just was so into that everything was so good. I think you may have actually maybe were at the show, uh, which that's a, a pun in itself, but was MXPX uh, when they played Dickens Pub in Calgary. I was just which, thinking of that. Yeah, which that room holds what, like two to three hundred people maybe? And it was yeah. just like jam packed. And so oh, like it was awesome. Yeah, I was, I got up right by the stage or whatever. And then I had some, it was great. Cause like I, I saw some people whom I haven't, I hadn't seen for years, you know, like who are from, you know, Saskatoon or from medicine, like just different areas where it was like, oh, I'll come together for this MXPX show because it's like, well, they're playing, I mean, they played two, but, um, you know, they weren't, they weren't playing anywhere else in Canada. Right. Like it was just, yeah, this I know, it was awesome. like, oh yeah. And so I went to the Saturday show, like I know a few people who went to both shows. Yeah, I did. And, you, and so was the, I'd heard some people say the Saturday show was better. Is that an accurate yeah. statement? Yeah, Friday was kind of the night that they kind of played all the hits, which, you know, is all good. But if you've seen them a number of times, you right. know. Um, so Saturday, they really pulled out like a lot more deep cuts. And so yeah. I was so, so happy I went. Uh, so I, I went with a few guys and. Some of them only went the one night, and then they did something else the second night. So I just went with one other guy on Saturday, and it was just like, oh, man, you guys missed out. Like, you should have yeah. come that second night because, yeah, actually, I got a set list from there. So, Oh, nice. Uh, somewhere over here, but so I could see all the songs they played. But, yeah, yeah that, was, that was so cool getting to see them in, you know, a small setting. I was right up front. You know, yeah. both times I got lots of awesome pictures and videos from it. And so you were up close and personal when the girl licked the sweat off Mike's arm. I sure was. <laughs> uh, I that, was the one saying encore to that. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was like is the number I've seen MXPX countless times. I think and like that. I I want to say that's got to be the most recent for sure. Yeah, um, been. but. Uh, but yeah, it was just also one where like they're a band where I still will get sucked in to go up front, right? Like yeah. a lot of bands, I'll oh, kind of yeah, hang out, you know, towards the back or maybe midway towards the back, whatever, right? Like a lot of times, I like to hang out 
kind of on like the back edge of the pit sort of deal and just like keep pushing people back in or whatever. But like MXPX, when I went to the Seattle show that I was telling you about earlier, me and my buddies were all just kind of standing around. We we're at the Showbox Theater, and you could kind of like off on one side. You got a you got a bit of like it, it was. Ra- I don't know if you've been to the Showbox ever, but it's a bit raised, like raised up, so you can kind of see over the crowd, but you're kind of from the side a little bit. So we we're sitting watching there, and then all of a sudden, like MXPX is on. I was like, "Guys, hold my stuff!" And I just like just <laughs> just, just, went, just went around and yeah, went and just jumped in the pit for you know five or six songs or whatever. And it, it was good timing because like one of my all times from them is doing time, and so I happened to be in the pit when they played that song. Oh, and whenever it's awesome. like, yeah, it was great. But yeah, like for that Dickens show, I was just like the whole time up by the stage. The only thing that I was a little bummed about was that. The Friday show, one of the openers was a band called Old Wives, who are from Edmonton. Yeah, and and like they're they're pretty good if you like that kind of classic pop punk sound or whatever. Yep. So I was a little bummed that I didn't get to see them, but um, and the they had there was a decent like the middle band on the Saturday. I don't remember who it was. They were decent. The like show opener was terrible though. That's all I'm like. Oh, they were. They yeah, were not I can't good. remember those. I, yeah. I thought of a, a few other standout shows. So you, you mentioned Hope's Fall. Yeah. So I saw them on uh, the Satellite Years tour in Regina here with Hold Snapcase. Stop, stop. Oh, dang it. I was uh, just going to say, did you see him with yeah. Snapcase and Juliana Theory? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that was, I mean, all three bands were um, just kind of, maybe I didn't know what to expect. And right. uh, Hope's Fall and Snapcase are definitely, you know, kind of a different style of hardcore than, you know, kind of what you might expect. And so that right. was really cool seeing bands that just had a different you know a bit more dynamic and mood to them yeah so that was really awesome on i think one of my all-time favorite live bands has got to be comeback kid i've okay. seen them a lot of times they're always just amazing and so i think that's that's something to go for my my favorite favorite live yeah. band or show whenever someone brings up comeback kid and shows i i don't know if i've ever seen comeback kid live um i saw them sound check while interviewing a couple guys from uh, living with lions, but oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you didn't stick around to watch them. No, I, I had, I couldn't, they, they told me to, but I didn't have, I was unable to that night or whatever, but which is too bad. Cause it probably would have been a good show. But, um, whenever I think of comeback kid, I think of figure four and yeah, they were there awesome was a, too. there was a show where I saw figure four play with, do you remember this? I mean, maybe this is a, a deep dive, but do you remember the band one of these days? Oh yeah. I had their yeah. CD. Yeah, yeah, oh, like with awesome. the 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 microphone on it or whatever. Yeah, that one. Yep, yeah, that was one of my favorites. Like I used to chat quite. A bit. I can't remember the name of. I think the label that they were on for that EP was United Edge. Maybe is what it was called. Mm. Yeah, um, sure. but like I used to, it was based out of Calgary, and so I, like I talked to the the label owner quite a bit. But anyway, um, so they played, and then do you remember the band Compromise? Oh, of course. Yeah. So which yeah. Of, of course eventually you know, members of compromise started misery signals. Right. Yeah. Um, but they had before, well, not, not before compromise as compromise was a thing. They had a side project called the stars wept, I want to say. And so it was these three bands that played in this room at, um, all of the local or most of the local shows in Calgary happened at the Calgary multicultural center. And they had like this room that held, let's say four to 500 people. Um, but then they had this side room that when shows were in that room, this was the coat room. And so one of these days, figure four and the stars wept played essentially in the coat room where if you weren't in the pit, you were plastered against the wall sort of thing, right? Like there was no, the whole room was a hot steamy mess, 
but it like some of my favorite memories of going to local shows were from that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was such a good show. So sorry, you brought up comeback kid and it got my, my mind thinking about other Winnipeg hardcore bands. Yeah. Well, I was just, that made me, when you said figure four, I was at the CD release show that had comeback kids CD release for turning around and figure fours suffering the loss. Um, so I got to be at that show in Winnipeg. So both of those bands, it was like a dual CD release, and that was yeah. a super awesome show. That's cool. Because that was, I mean, I mean, that was the first Comeback Kid album, so it wasn't you know huge. There was a couple hundred people there. It was just in a kind of a hall or a multi-purpose room or something. But I don't even remember why I was in Winnipeg. But that was <laughs> that was an awesome show seeing those bands. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. Um, as far as like best lineups for shows are concerned there there were a couple that came to mind one being i mentioned it earlier with uh uh the wonder years and tiny moving parts and then also on that show was tiger jaw um which was they they actually ended up kind of disappointing me a little bit but um uh tiny moving parts and the wonder years were unbelievable but then i also got to thinking about a couple of shows that i saw I want to say they were in the span of a year, maybe in Calgary, but one of them, they both featured under oath, which is why they're so similar to me. But one was, let's see if I can place these right. I want to say it was under oath. Um, (laughs) So one of them was headlined by taking back Sunday and one of them was headlined by the used and under oath played both. But on one of them, they also had, um, uh, armor for sleep and on the other oh, one was yeah. Alex was Alexis on fire and I want to say it was Alexis on fire under oath and the used and then taking back Sunday under oath and um, armor for sleep but just like both of those shows were bands that was the first time I actually ended up watching Alexis on fire um, because both those bands or both those shows were just full of bands that I was already listening to right and it's, yeah. you see the announcement you're like oh snap like I'm going to this show and it's going to be great yeah, I think uh, yeah, another one, like I mentioned, that Taste of Chaos. I mean, I guess that's kind of a festival, but, um, right. you know, kind of a, a one-off show that I was at. But, yeah, just such a good such a good lineup. It was in an arena. You know, I got to watch from side stage. Really cool mix of mix of bands. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a standout for sure. Yeah. Um, semi-recently, the Used and Under Oath, uh, not Under Oath, sorry, the Used and Taking Back Sunday did a tour together that actually ended up being, it was one of these shows where I was like, ah, they'd both kind of released new albums. I hadn't followed them forever. And the show just ended up being so good. Um, oh, that's awesome. And then the one and only time I saw Blink, uh, the Used opened up for them. So you want to talk about a an opening band stealing the show. The Used were definitely better than Blink-182 that yeah, night. Yeah, wow. <laughs> what What year was that? Um, that would have been right at, like when California came out. Like it wasn't the California oh, okay. tour. They did like this like warm up sort of thing where it was really weird because like they didn't really have much of like a stage presentation. They just kind of had some video boards behind them. But then when I saw them do their actual like tour for California, you know, they had way more going on as far as stage show was concerned, which didn't necessarily bother me. I just thought it was funny. I was like, so what was this tour then? If you know, because they played off of California on the, when we saw them, they played bored to death and that's a pool. Yeah. Built this pool and Bohemian Rhapsody. I think uh, were the only three they played off California. Yeah. That's a bummer. At the same point, you know, it is what it is like going in. I was like, this, it won't be quite the same as if I got to actually see them with Tom, but it is what it is. Yeah. And I can at least still say, okay, well I got to, I got to see him. So, um, yeah, I still haven't been able to. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's nowadays, I don't want this to come off wrong, especially since we've been doing like this whole Blink-182 series. Um, But it's kind of like, eh, if I'd be interested to see if Tom ever comes back and if it's like becomes a four piece sort of thing, you know, where Tom joins in, but Matt also stays on because now you have two albums that are are Matt's, right? Like um, it's legit be a super group. Then do they bring Dan from... um, from Alkaline Trio in, and they just play Blink-182, Angels and Airwaves, Boxcar <laughs> Racer, Plus 44, and Alkaline Trio songs. That sounds too <laughs> stressful. That would be a show and a half. <laughs> yeah. Who needs, yeah, who needs I, an opener? <laughs> Travis just plays the whole time. I mean, he doesn't play an Alkaline Trio, but he can play the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's It sucks having bands that, that I've never seen that I really want to, but I've kind of missed the prime. Yeah. You know, there's lots. I mean, Green Day is another one of those. Like, I would still, yeah. I haven't seen them live. I would still love to. But they've yeah, got well, enough I, material that I wouldn't be as ex, as, as right. excited about. So, granted, when I've watched like Green Day concert footage, like they are much like Dave Grohl and Foo Fighters sort of stuff. Like, there's a reason they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right? Like, yeah, they still go out there and put on an insane show. Oh yeah, and are like, like they're on a whole nother level compared to say like a blink 182 right like billy joe armstrong goes out there and he's hitting his notes he doesn't sound like he's either not warmed up or you know just can't do it anymore right like um yeah he's i would still like if the hell omega tour you know whenever it happens if it were coming up here i'd be all over that show 100 but especially um, with the interrupters opening yeah well and weezer and even like to a less much lesser extent fallout boy but i would still go yeah um but yeah, anyways, I think that'll I think that'll wrap us up. Um, it was a bit of a different episode, but like I said, it's 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 one to just buy time. We'll get back to uh, the Blink One Eighty Two series uh, in our in our next episode. I want to say. I mean, I'm recording this before I've even left, but it's going to come out after I've left. That's the way the internet works. Yeah. <laughs> but so we'll see. But um, yeah, wherever you're listening to the show, make sure you rate it, review subscribe tell your friends that kind of stuff follow us on our social medias we're on instagram and twitter at growing punk pod you'll find both of our personal instagrams and twitters linked there as well uh, but yeah that'll do it so uh bye-bye thanks for listening mom Josie McCoy! Oh,